Welcome to episode 249 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, welcome along to episode 249 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom, Bevan James Iles. How you going, mate? Good. I've been, uh, I've been robbed of some content today. You've been robbed? Mm. Why? Last week we had we discussed the inside triathlon top 15 male athletes of all time. Yes. So I thought, right, this week we'll, um, I'm going to come up with my top 10 of I have all to, time. I have to admit, I was fascinated by your list. And I, I came up with my top 10 and then I'm going through and doing my P's yesterday and bloody inside try got in before me. Oh, I've done this, but anyway, we'll still do my top ten, and you guys can input as well. I, I, so that's going to be a discussion of the week, is it? Yes. Uh, I, was, I was fascinated that you were Christian ten. I know that was just in, uh, in alphabetical order. Oh. Okay. Oh, so there's no there's no number one. No. It's just you're in the top ten. Yeah. Uh, uh, why is that trying to not hurt any friendships? Exactly. Because you're, top, you're type for the top ten, aren't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. No, I'm talking proudly brought to you by coffeesofhawaii.com for the tastiest, most rich-smelling coffee in the world. Athlinks.com uh, Social networking for endurance athletes And extreme endurance uh, Your electric buffer to help you go faster And this week's show we've got coming up I'm pulling up the notes Sean I'm pulling them up, I'm pulling them up, I'm pulling them up And we've got some news We've got a website of the week we've got Multiple a... Oh have we? Yeah Good And we've got a workout of the month Although it may not happen John Yes which Gordo's on his way back from I think Hawaii or something So we're supposed to be doing an interview with him But if we're not uh, we'll come up with something else Could be the shortest show of all time Some people don't like the long ones This could be a short one And then uh, questions and answers at the end Well John it's still the quiet season isn't there Maybe we should make up some news Um, Did you hear that Lance Armstrong went and did this Iron Man That was uh, not an official one And he did seven seven hours Twenty-six. Wow, phenomenal! Phenomenal time. Jeez. Tweet that, everyone. Tweet that. Ran a two hours thirty-five off the bike. Wow, it's got got five punches on the bike. Did he? Mm, wow. Still went. He obviously but changed his tyres pretty quickly, but I know. it's good that he took five tubes with him. Mm. See, he just he's planner, isn't he? Successful he is. athlete. Well, the second part of the news yeah. is uh, Troy Grand Prix have put up the cash. Yep, so they're putting up a hundred thousand euros across this series. They've got more races on this year. Uh, so last year they only had the Basque Country Race in uh, the UK. So they added some other races in Ireland, in Valencia, and in France. Some of those are middle distance or Olympic dis- uh, or half Ironman or 70.3, whatever you want to call them. Um, and they've got a couple of Olympics in there. So good to see they're putting up a bit of cash. I mean, it's not um, 100,000 is a lot of money. A lot of the races only have um, 10,000 euro prize money or 10,000 pounds prize money. Yep. Some have more. Um, but all in all, it's a good option for those um, those that are sort of looking to... You know, perhaps some of the second tier guys are sort of coming up because you have a lot of the, the, the top guys just trying to chase the races to qualify. Chase the race to qualify like that. Yeah, well, good on them, but it's good, you know, that they're doing this stuff and building a good brand for themselves. And and, and and then our second piece of news is TriStar continue to do, basically do the same as well. They're, um, they've opened up more races and they're heading to Madrid in Spain for a, um, a 1-1-1. What's interesting about it is that they're actually limiting it to only 500 entrants. And the reason for that is that it's actually being held on the same course as the um, ITU race, ITU World Champ Series race, and I was there a couple of years ago, and the reason for that is the bike is a great bike course, but pretty narrow, yep. and it's basically a looped course, so if you have too many people on the course, it'll just be a debacle. Even 500 will be a real push. Um, quite what, narrow. what about staggered starts? 
Yeah, I suppose so. But then you've got to, you've got to, you have to stagger it pretty big time. And the, the loop on the bike is only, if they're using the same one, I think it was only probably 8K or so. Oh, and, okay. And, and, and so you just start to get too much congestion. But if you are out there, it's on July the 3rd. And, 10K. Um, 10 laps of 10K. 10 laps of 10K. Yep. Um, really good, challenging course on the bike. Um, a pretty decent climb. Uh, I mean, no road, though, full road closure there. There's no no cars or anything like that. Um, so good little option there as well. So these, you know, try you got, the competition is growing, and we keep talking about that. It's, you've got TriStar, you've got Challenge, you've got Tri Grand Prix, Rev Three, and those are the ones that are that are that are expanding. And I think what's going to happen is a lot of the small races are going to start to suffer. They are, aren't they? Mm. Yeah. It's just uh, you know these guys are going to have this. Uh, you know, a reasonably good sized marketing budget behind it. They'll be able to hook into all the, the magazines and what have you in, in terms of their promo. And I think you know a lot of the smaller races are really going to start to suffer. What was that series that came out a few years ago that ended up dying? Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, one 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 hundred one yeah, 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 right. And that was only last. It didn't even last a season. Did yeah, it? didn't they put a lot of money into it? So mm. there's high risk. But I think the thing is, if um, you know, if you look at our audience, you know, triathletes. You know, we are quite a good market, and so I imagine big business sometimes thinks, well, it's probably worth investing some money into this to see if we can, you know, get a bit of a brand working. It'll be so. interesting to see who's behind. A lot of these ones that don't have title sponsors, though, like, the, you know, you look at the, the, the Tri Grand Prix and the, and the TriStar and, and the Rev, they mm. often don't seem to have big title sponsors like Ford Ironman races. Yeah. So <clears throat> maybe they're just trying to hold out, or maybe they haven't been able to attract um, anybody big enough yet. Well, so. you think of, like, someone like Tri um, Grand Prix, like a hundred thousand euros, not a lot. Of, you know, it's a lot of money, mm. and so obviously someone's backing them. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe maybe we should find that out. Uh, coast to coast last weekend, John. We are really struggling for news. Coast well, to coast. I'm, I'm sure everybody wants to know how Ian <laughs> went because she's a regular on the show, and I was out on Saturday, not Sunday night with her, and she's saying, "Yeah, I've got to come back on again. Got to come on." But she's got to start doing some press ups because she keeps calling it Iron Man talk. Oh, how many years has that. that been? Yeah, it's been a few. Yeah. 2009. Was it? Was when we went to Kona. Yep. We got wrapped over the knuckles. We did. <laughs> so Coast to Coast was on last weekend, and uh, it was M's finale to, to racing Coast to Coast. She wanted to go out on a, a high, but wasn't quite able to get uh, to get on top of the podium. Go out? Is it, this is her last one? Yeah, yeah. As, and, a, as a competitive athlete? Yep. Yeah. So she finished in third place, but she actually had a very good day. Um, she raced strong all day and just wasn't good enough. The times were very, very quick. They had really strong tailwinds. Yeah, I heard that. Like, just about beat the record. But the record is it's a hoax record because it was a different course, so that record's never going to get broken. Oh, really? Yeah. How, how different? Um, about 4K on the run, I think it is. Oh, okay. so It's something about... It's, and it's, the run is a lot shorter, so, you know, 4K on the run, yeah. on rocks, yeah. you're looking at probably close yeah. to 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, so M got third. She had a good day. You know, she was really strong throughout. Um, she was about 20 minutes down on first. The girl who won had just had a blinder, and uh, and then Elena Russia was uh, in second place, which is Usher's wife. And M was, was that third. a surprise? Uh, not really. <coughs> Apparently, she's been going pretty strong. Okay. The girl, um, Sophie Hart won, so she was she's had a few good placings. And then Richard Usher just killed everybody on the guy side of things. Very impressive. We got a, we got an email through from the Mountain Snow, and he was saying how. It's interesting, you know, because we interviewed Richard Usher when he came over to Ironman about two years ago, three years ago, whenever that was, and he was saying how, you know, the reason he's transitioned to Ironman was because he sees the potential to do better financially, mm-hmm. and now, you know, two or three years down the track, with well, a reasonably level of success, yeah. you know, he was yeah. definitely successful in his Ironman time, 
he's gone back to multi-sport. So mm-hmm. it would be interesting to talk to him about the financial side of being an Ironman in comparison to multi-sport. I think Ironman probably is more financially attractive, but it's harder to be, it's more competitive. And so if he goes and goes and does um, multi-sport stuff, he might not quite get the same prize money, yep. but he pretty much knows every time he rocks up, he's going to Yeah, he's, he's the, the best race. in the world, isn't he, at the moment? So... Yep. I guess you know, and if he if he did that consistent performance like he did in Rote, where he had an amazing day, if he was able to do that at every single race that he went to, then uh, then I think he'd make probably make more out of Ironman. Yeah. Um, but I just I mentioned I said to him very quickly after the race, I said, "Oh, that must be a bloody piece of cake compared to this Ironman business." And he said, "Oh, it's really different." Yeah, he said, "Yeah, it's." Um, he did put a nice perspective on it, didn't he? Because yeah. it becomes a bit of a multi-sport versus triathlete kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. like our our way's harder. When, you know, whichever side you're on, and it was quite nice. To, you know, he kind of well, actually, this part of it, multi-sport's harder than this part of an Ironman. This part of an, mm-hmm. you know, like he did bring a nice perspective to it. But he said, "You just don't get an I in coast to coast that sort of burning." killing your legs feeling that you get late in the run so yep. um, he looked like he's leaned down quite a bit I'm not sure if that's it's the first time I've seen him in a couple of years probably compared to what he used to be like when he was doing coast to coast so I'm not sure if that's because of Ironman but he certainly looked a lot leaner did he win by much? Uh, about 15 minutes or so okay, so, um, so it was pretty it was a very impressive effort and uh, just if you ever get a chance to watch any video footage of him going through the coast to coast run it's very you know it's all rocks it's rock climbing and stuff like beautiful that beautiful run he's just so quick his just legs are just tucking over just his cadence keeps high you watch the girls and a lot of slow guys are sort of clambering and climbing yeah. over but he's just constantly moving really quick so where's the strength in the race is he just con- a consistent all round oh, or yeah, pretty much I mean the run the run he always that's where he gets away and then sort of holds it on the kayak and yeah. he's, a, he's a strong rider so wow I beat him in the race you know, we did a um, what was it the vineyards I beat oh yeah him. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. I was, I was, I felt pretty happy about that the day. Nice. I took him on the hill good me him and some of the one coast to coast and we took off and I took off and I broke away from him then caught yeah. the pack nice and that was the end of his race I'm nice. sure it's like Peter Reid I'm sure yeah. he's pretty gutted he's, still he's, 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 okay John he mentioned it to me as well we've got some the season's just about to begin we're, we're teasing them aren't we yeah so uh, we've got Ironman New Zealand coming up Wednesday a couple of weeks? It'll be two and a half weeks. <laughs> oh, really? And, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Abu Dhabi is coming up uh, about a week or two after that. So that's about all we've got in terms of coming up. Okay, just in case you haven't uh, done something before your partner of late. Speaking of which, John, yesterday was Valentine's Day. What'd you do? We went out on Sunday night for our five-year anniversary meal. Aww. So there you go. So that's what we did. We didn't do anything yesterday. So what, you just you just, you just just think kill two birds with one stone. Mm, you know, anniversary, Valentine's same thing. Yeah. I stuffed up. Oh, did you? What'd you do? Well, I'm figuring we're gonna be, maybe struggling for content. I'm going to waffle. Yeah. So <clears throat> Joe goes to me on Saturday and Sunday. Are we doing Valentine's Day? And I go, because the thing is, I don't want to. I want to do Valentine's Day, but you know, but she didn't really want to. Mm-hmm. And I go, well, you know, I don't know, baby. And so she goes, well, how are you doing it? I said, I don't know. And so she thought I was going hard out. Oh, so I turn up home after the class last night. And I went to the dairy and bought some chocolates. Yeah, nice. <laughs> and uh, she had gone hard out on me. Uh-huh. <laughs> she cooked this beautiful dinner and planned all this stuff and wrote me a poem and a card and everything. And then I go, here's your box of chocolates. You've got to set the expectations low. No, so and exceed them. I know, so I need to sharpen up for next year. Yes. I have to redeem myself. Marketing rubbish. That well, if, if you do want to learn about a bit about how to look after your partner, well, just more of more warnings. Really, the Wall Street Journal have written. <laughs> Did you about, read it? I read, I read, I skim read parts of it. I've been writing about. Uh, triathlon endurance training and the impacts to relationships so it's now hit the mainstream media I mean Wall Street Journal is it's a big time well I think James Botel the wise one sent it through and he did say 
they never talk about the the pros in the Wall Street Journal. So mm. yeah, we, we've talked about this a lot in the past, haven't we? Yes. But it's very important. Go, so buy, we'll, go buy your partner something today. Late to Valentine's Day, although it might be Valentine's Day still. Well, by the time they listen to it, yeah. it's probably five years from now. That's right. You know, 2016. Gordo's, Gordo's still not online. Well, let's try ring. No, he's not connected. I think he's not going to turn up. Oh, dear. I think maybe Maybe stuffed I stuffed up. up. Maybe I stuffed up the times. Okay, sponsor. Extreme Endurance. Okay. You pull up my, my, oh, sorry. my piece. Uh, um, one thing they've got on Extreme Endurance that we talk about a bit is they've got their little, their little um, Facebook page sort of blog on the side of their page and some chick who's um, sponsored by them ran 15.25 5k solo on an indoor track which I was pretty impressed with oh that's pretty impressive where 15, is it John? 15, uh, oh it's on the home page this is just another page so I was just I just wanted to give her a bit of a mention I, um, 15 what? 15.25 could you ever do that? Uh, even if you were like just devoted your life to 5k's Oh, probably, yeah. Now, yeah. not not in the past. No, prob- uh, it would take me a, a while to get up to that. Yeah. You know, I'm lo- at the moment, if, if I'm in good shape now, I'm about 16 minutes. So, That's and on an indoor difference. track, I would say it'd be, I've never run on an indoor track. But Faster then, or slower? I would imagine it'd be quite a bit slower. So oh, really? Maybe it would be a challenge. Why? Because the, it's only, um, what are they, they 200 metres? I can't remember, but they're really, oh, you're really short. You're turning all the time. But uh, they, you do have the banks. I'm not sure if the banks make it faster or not. Oh, really? Banking, yeah. Do like, a bank a, like a bit of a velodrome. Put it in the bank. Yeah. But then you've got to go up the bank. No, no, you're, you're running with the bank all the way. It's like oh, a slight angle. Uh-uh. So anyway, um, impressive for her. If you want to check out, um, she got a little interview on there on uh, com. And then um, the other thing they've got on there, if you want to check out their Hear From Our Endurance Athletes, it sort of goes through... You know, some of the pros that are being sponsored by them tells their sort of stories. And it's also got a number of testimonials from just what it seems like your average Joe Bloggs age group. Or somebody on there has got a, a killer workout um, that he went and did, and uh, and, and then he did, he did it without extreme endurance, and he did it with extreme, extreme endurance, just sort of showing the difference uh, of his threshold wattage when he's on the bike. And he went, first week his reps went uh, 332 watts, 342 watts, 347 the next week, when he was, uh, or next time, when he was on extreme endurance, he went 340, 350, and 365. So, you know, about a, nearly a 20 watt difference um, in the last set. on the last set. So, pretty impressive. That was from a guy, um, John Hart. John Hart. Used to be the All Black captain. Yep. <laughs> coach. <laughs> oh, yeah, coach. Yeah. And uh, and there's just got a few other testimonies. So, if you want to read about those, um, get on xendurance.com. Dave Pike, I think he's a listener. Could well be. Yeah. Um, and we always, always had Hal Tao's story about, you know, um, less muscular pain. And that's the main thing that I've been getting from it is uh, a lot less muscular pain. So if you are one of those people that suffers from really sore DOMS um, after you've raced, give it a try. Go to xendurance.com and use the code IMTALK. At checkout. Checkout. Okay, check, check, check it out. Hot topic of the week last week. Uh, I can't remember who sent it through racing. And if I put up the Facebook page which I had up earlier, but I've taken it down, which wasn't oh. my sharpest effort. Um, Facebook.com. And, and then I'll go... basically asking is, uh, has the M.Dot brand been weakened by so many endorsements of the the mattresses and the perfume and the aftershave? And I mean, uh, obviously they do all the triathlon-related things as well, the wetsuits and running shoes and bikes and what have you. And... Uh, Okay, John, do you want to start? Bam sent it through, wasn't it? Bam. Yeah, that's a great name. Great. Bam. Rachel Harris got them first. To me, it just serves to confirm that it's just that, a brand. They don't have exclusive rights to the distance. I think many people need to recognise that the kudos comes with the distance, not the brand, whether it's Ironman, 
challenge, rev, or whatever. Well, Jens do Olsen is a great one. I'm in on the mattress. I want that as a t-shirt. <laughs> nice. Yun <laughs> uh, Hardy, does it weaken the Ironman brand on other branded products? Yes. Does it weaken the Ironman race brand slash experience? No. Just because there is an official Ironman brand of mattress doesn't make Ironman New Zealand any better or worse for the average participant. Well, how about this for a name? Doobie Doo. Nice Doobie Doo. <laughs> That's a great name. MDOT is marketing gold. People even tattoo the brand on. Now that speaks for itself. If you want to be a part of the IM family, then go ahead. As to your question, I don't think it lowers the brand. It just makes it hard-earned Kona slot even sweeter. Just read on IM website about the guy who tried to IM in lottery for 20 years in the pursuit of elitism. Many would like IM to be an underground sport. But hey, times are a change and nothing you can do other than race faster and the only thing that matters is yourself. Alone when training in the rain, cold and night. Couldn't care less if an Iron Man came with shampoo. Love the show, guys. That's uh, a great name. Ben, the running man's sure. Uh, I think it does sort of cheapen the brand when they're slapping M-Dot on every piece of kit you can find. On Trigear, I could see... Uh, a race watch, tri shorts, running cap, fuel belt, that sort of stuff at mattresses and aftershave. Come on. We've got old Joe Carrot who we're going to have on the show in a few weeks. My mum talks, uh, takes her Iron Man Lanzarote, Germany, Switzerland, Rucksack? Rucksack. Rucksack to the shops with her. She occasionally gets asked about her race and whether those six bottles of Bailey's is <laughs> a standard Iron Man diet. Alex Thompson, I have no problem with WTC pushing a brand. It's what companies are meant to do. It's harmless, unlike some of the things corporations do on the side to make money. It doesn't cheapen the brand. It exposes it. That can only be a good thing. Okay, John, your thoughts? Um, I thought I'm a bit neutral on it, really. I don't think that their branding of lots of different things does... I, I, personally, I think it makes them look a bit silly. Um, of, like when they start doing aftershave and mattresses and stuff. I don't think it enhances their brand, but I don't really think it damages it at all. I mean, we know that the M.Dot brand is incredibly powerful and people love it. And, um, you know, everybody's proud of wearing their <coughs> Iron Man t-shirt and stuff, their finishes t-shirt. But when it comes to actually going out, and this is the topic, is going out and putting it on different products, does it help sell? I think for the companies it helps them get bigger exposure. But I don't know. I, I would not, it would not influence my decision to buy something because they had an M.Dot brand on it. Um, and I would think for most people that aftershave and stuff, they, you know, I, I wouldn't think it enhances the sellability of that product. What do you think, Bevan? Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I, I agree. I don't think it actually hurts the because the thing is, if we talk, if you go to marketing, they talk about line extensions. So line extension says when Coca Cola brings out Cherry Coke and when Coca Cola brings out Vanilla Coke and all the rest of it, over the long term, you're actually hurting the original Coke brand because you're using the same brand name to line extend it into different areas. But when they, I mean, I mean, aren't really doing that because they're not using like when they do the uh, other races. Like, what's this? The, the kind of Olympic distance now? Uh, five one five zero. Yeah, whatever it is. So they're not going Ironman short distance race. You know, they're, they're not line extending their name into racing. They are on seventy point three. Is it Ironman seventy point three? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, maybe, maybe that would a little bit. But yeah. I, don't, I don't think 
that's really damaging them that much because I think if anything they're such a niche market product yeah. you know and to the general public they just mean one thing and so they're not really fighting against themselves and if anything it, 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 I suppose to those products that are using it as much as we give the mattress shit I'm sure the, the people who are buying the mattress or the company creating it are trying to say it's a more supportive mattress for mm. the people who are under more stress or something like that so I don't know you, you kind of you do kind of look on the sideline and kind of giggle at them at times yeah. but, but you know what they're a business and I'm sure that's and it's an easy revenue stream for them because all they have to do is get licensing fees. And at the end of the day, if it means that we the entry fees don't go up, then yeah, but I don't think that's the case. No, I would I'd yeah. be surprised if that was the case. Yeah, but I don't sure think would be separated. That's the sad thing of it is that I don't think that any of that money comes back into the sport. Mm. I think all that money just goes into the profit of the business, mm. which is you know what they've got a brand and they can do whatever they want to do with their brand. But um, I don't actually really think it hurts the brand. Sometimes you do kind of laugh at some of the products they come out with, but. I think most of them you could justify the association with being an athlete. Like as much as the aftershave, we kind of think it's a bit silly. Yeah. You know, we do need to use aftershave. You know, like there, there's, what are you there's, saying here, Bevan? Well, you stink. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like, so I can kind of maybe understand that. But like, they haven't done anything really stupid. Like, come out with. I don't know, like the Iron Man. Condoms. Yeah, or something stupid like that, or an Iron I Man go, piano. I go for longer. Although now that you say it, I'm sure they'll listen, John. <laughs> Next week, the, the long version Iron Man <laughs> condom comes out. So, yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I think, yeah, I, I suppose if anything, I just wish more of that money would come back into the sport mm. for the pros. So, uh, this week's discussion, John. So, what I, are we thinking Gordo's not going to turn up? Well, I may, I may have got my times wrong. I think he hasn't emailed back, so... Oh, here we go. I'm trying to ring him now. Here we go. And no, you are not found. So we'll do the we'll do this week's uh, discussion topic. So last week, as we said, wait, uh, can I, I'm going to pull up their website. What is it? Try to uh, inside try. No, uh, no, try think magazine or whatever, which is the one you're already on. Oh, okay. so there you go. <laughs> uh, so yeah, last week they had their top 15 male athletes of all time. Um, and as we had Melina on the show, no particular criteria. They were just sort of the top 15 athletes, and this I. Thought after that, well, I wonder what about the girls? And so what I did was... Um, well, John, you weren't that revolutionary. It was pretty obvious the girls were going to be coming out soon. Mostly, yeah. I mean, most... No, 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 no. But as oh, in... yeah, yeah, yeah. But they stole my idea before Tuesday, so okay. no better. Um, so, but rather than saying 15, I basically just started writing the names down of, of who I sort of considered the, the greatest athletes and didn't really say, right, I want to find 15. And I just had, it basically just got to 10, um, where I got to think about nine and I thought I've got to get one more and so I didn't th- didn't really g- if I'd gone for 15 I would have sort of been clutching a bit and well I think they are as well because they've only got 10 here mm, so they must have been uh, they, somebody's hacked into my computer and, and thought on the same lines as me so. okay so I'll pull out the ears and you do one for one oh, mine are basically the same uh, mine are almost the same as theirs except okay. for a couple okay so they've got Natasha Batman which is obvious yeah uh, how many I mean six Kona's oh I don't know if she got that many she had plenty of podiums as well as wins. I don't know if she won kind of that many times. Erin Baker, good yes. Kiwi lady, good old Scott Malina's wife. Yeah. Um, she's won in all distances, isn't she? Yes. Miranda Caffrey for yep. being bloody fast in Kona mm-hmm. and now winning Kona. So um, we've got... You don't need to, I, I, can, I can tell you them all. Oh, well, okay, we're not clicking. Okay. Okay, who's this? Tell me about her. Emma Carney, 1994 World Champs in Wellington. She won that and she was... a Dominator. At the you were there, John, weren't you? I was. That's you with blur in the background. That's right. Okay, and then we have uh, Fernandez. Well done. Yep. And uh, it's a good general knowledge for you, Bevan. Yeah, no, I know Fernandez. She was pretty yeah. good. She's, but she's, she's kind just of just fading now, isn't she? No, yeah, just, yeah. Re- oh, just retired. There you go. And that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> now the internet's taking Scroll it. 
You know that one? No, I don't. <laughs> Try again. Uh, Lorette Harlop. Uh, well done. Her name's written across her top. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no. I didn't know who she is, but what's her story? Lorette Harlop, very good Olympic distance girl. Got, uh, she, gets, she just got pipped at the Athens Olympics. She was winning, and then Kate Allen came and smoked her in the, on the run. And she just lost out in like, the last K and got a silver at uh, Athens. Well, our friend, Michaeli Jones, our good tight friend, uh, <laughs> she loves us. Uh, so the, the real gold medal champion, what's the story there? Uh, she, um, wow, yeah, that's interesting that they've, they've put there. They've put the, the real gold medalist from the Sydney 2000 Olympics because she got second there in, was it a sprint finish or not? I can't remember if it was a sprint finish or not, but Bridget McMahon beat her who later um, tested positive for EPO. Now, did she get a medal taken off her? Well, no, because she tested positive in 2005 and the Olympics were in 2000, so mm. she didn't test positive at the Olympics. That'd break your heart, wouldn't it? Mm. Hey. Okay, then. And then we've also got uh, Paula Newby-Free, so it's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. She's probably... She'll be the greatest at this moment, or would you give Chrissy? Mm. Mm, be pretty close at the moment. Snowstall? Yep. She's pretty great as well, isn't she? She's awesome. Will she come to Ironman? I don't know. She's pretty small. Um, I don't know. If she, I, I don't know. I, I'd be surprised if she did. I mean, she'll be making... a. Fortune doing short course. And then Chrissy Wellington. Yeah. Gordo's just come on. Been waiting. Skype. Oh. He's changed his Skype name. Oh. Um, oh, no. He's ready now. But anyway, wait. You, we'll just finish this off. He can wait. So go, go to my notes. Basically, I had a, a similar list. That was the extreme uh, inside try list. My list was... Jackie Gallagher's different. Yeah. I uh, Basically, Natasha Badman, and I think I put this in alphabetical order. Natasha Badman, Erin Baker, Emma Carney, Vanessa Fernandez, Jackie Gallagher. Now who's um, she? She's a, an Aussie girl. Um, you can do your research on her people. She won um, some world titles. So she would have taken... I don't want to do the research. Well, <laughs> no, no their job is to go out and, and basically submit other people they think should have been on the list. Okay. So Jackie Gallagher, um, had McKaylee Jones, Paul Newby-Fraser, and Karen Smyers I had in there. She's still going. Yep. Emma Snowsall and Chrissy Wellington. So the only difference I had from them was I had Jackie Gallagher and Karen Smyers instead of Loretta Harrop and... Um, do you think we're going to? Do you think it's going to be a small discussion this week because we're going to struggle? Most people won't know. Well, they should. They should do the research. We're doing a bit of history lessons here. Oh, you're just like a hard ass. Hey? <laughs> you? Come on, we've got an interview to go and do. Oh no, you want to finish it up? Okay, I'll put a link to the um, WWM talk. Don't, uh, don't worry about my opinion. That's yeah, okay. Um, well, who else do you? Would you? Have oh, I'm going to put um, that girl, that one, the, the twin sisters. Puntos. Yeah. I was contemplating that. Yes! See, I just pulled that out of my butt. They would have got an honourable mention. <laughs> yeah, see, so just saying. You know. Honourable mention. Maybe Heather Fuel would have got a honourable mention as well. Yeah, honourable mention. So, just saying, you know, no, no, You can put honourable mentions in there, but don't go delving too deep, you know, they need to. Who's the girl with Cruel Julie Hall? Was it Hall? Um, Julie Moss. Julie Moss? She didn't win. Hey, she put the, the spot on the map, John. We wouldn't That's be right. doing the show if it wasn't for her. Mm. I think we would be. <laughs> really? Yeah. Right, we're going to do an interview. Okay, here we go. I'll, I'll put some music on. Here's the music, and uh, yeah, here's the music. Workout of the month. month. You gave me the funny look. I was was just trying to think what I was going to say. Okay. Uh, so it was Bevan, Bevan's fault, really, that we couldn't get hold of Gordo because he had the wrong Skype name. Well, that's not my fault. Well, yeah, maybe it's partly mine as well. Yeah. So we've just done the interview with Gordo. Here it comes. going to talk about big gear strength training on the bike. Here's Gordo right now. 
Okay, on today's show, we're very happy to have uh, Gordo from, ex- uh, not Extreme Endurance, from Endurance Corner. And the topic we're going to sort of cover this week for the workout of the month is the question was if we've tried doing big gear work on the bike, you know, strength work, um, let us know what sort of sessions you've done. And one of the good comments we had in was from Matt um, Malloy. I've been uh, overgearing for about 25% of my long rides, five hour rides, 25% small chain ring um, for a warm up, 25% overgear, 25% steady, and then puts in about two times 20 minutes at race pace effort. Um, and then I sort of asked him, when you say overgearing, what sort of cadence are you pushing and what intensity? And he was saying low 60s um, to sort of 70, and he's uh, around about 70 to 75% of max heart rate. And he would say approximately two gears harder than he'd normally select. So firstly, um, welcome along to the show, Gordo. I hope you're fitting well. Yeah, yeah, fit for winter right now. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so I know this is a, you know, we, we, we popped an email over to you and saying, all right, this is a topic we want to do, and you said you were all over it like a rash, you know, you like doing it, and I know it's something you did a lot of when you were in Christchurch. So, you know, big big gear riding, you know, tell us a bit about it in terms of, um, you know, what's maybe going on inside our body. You know, we know that, you know, instinctively you just think right it's going to make me stronger because i'm pushing big gears but but what's sort of going on when when we do do this um big gear work okay well for the for the for the scientific side of it uh there's there's an article alan cousins wrote actually two articles uh which are up in our library um and it's called Torquing Yourself is the name of the uh, article. And what I'll do after we do this chat is I'll send the link over to you guys so you can whack it up on the Facebook page. And and then uh, so people can pull it down if they want. And that'll go right into the science. And I also asked them to put some references up for the folks that really want to go into the detail. But from my point of view, practically speaking, you know, why do big gear work? Well, first up, it's a really effective way to train straight ahead time trial speed. So in other words, the ability to move fast on the flats, which for triathlon is the number one limiter that I see with most, uh, you know, on a physical level with most athletes. You know, if you could choose one thing that you'd like to do really well, it'd be ride the bike on the flats very efficiently and quite strongly. So that's number one thing. I've also found that it benefits uh, running off the bike, which is different than straight up running. Running off the bike is fatigued running, and the additional torque that you're generating from the big gear work, I've found, makes the legs a lot more durable uh, and much more resistant to fatigue, so you're going to run better when you get off the bike. Uh, with that. The other thing, by the way, just as an aside that I've found that helps with that is eccentric loading, which would be running in the hills, particularly the downhill segment. Uh, And it's also why I like strength training. Mm -hmm. The final thing that you're able to do with big gear work is you're able to roll up a lot of time at a pretty high work rate in terms of watts but your heart rate's not that high because your cadence is down. And so it lets you roll up a lot of kilojoules in a very efficient way within your week. Uh, and then you can use your, your higher heart rate training either on the run or some other session, whereas this can be a real meat and potato session that's not going to totally wipe you out. Uh, so I'd say those are the key reasons kind of why and, uh, and what you, what you kind of get out of it. I haven't read um, Alan's stuff, but I know that there was some stuff coming out that was saying, you know, 
a lot of coaches have put this out as, as sort of anecdotal saying, well, I think it works, and then some scientists did some stuff saying, oh, maybe big gear work isn't all it's cracked up to be. Have you, have you read any of that? And I mean, I know with science you can, you can pretty much argue everything if you really want to find the, the correct angle. Yeah, it's not a case of pretty much. I mean, you can, you can. Uh, I mean, you can absolutely argue everything. And actually, on that, what I would advise your your listeners would be: when you see really smart people disagreeing on something, split it down the middle. So you know, when people are talking about high carb, low carb, just go moderate carb. Strength training, no strength training. Well, you know, do one session a week. Um, you know, do a little bit. Uh, if smart people see value in something, there's normally some sort of value there. You don't want to swing too far one way or the other, but I would definitely say that, you know, there's big gear training has really helped me. When What I found and what I see with a lot of folks is they didn't have an ability, you know, when you start out, particularly people that come from a running background or female triathletes, they just don't have the ability to get that heart rate up on the flats they're, they're tremendously strength-limited, force-limited on the bike. And the, and the big gear sessions are an easy way uh, to get that kind of work and bring up that, that, that limiter. So what, when you're, you're talking um, big gear work, what are some of the things that you suggest? Because I know you used to ride yeah. short bays, which is for, for people not in Christchurch, is a, is a hilly sort of 40, 45k look pretty hilly and you used to do that in your basically big chain ring the whole way so your cadence yeah. on those climbs would have been incredibly low what, yeah. what, what are sort of some of the types of things people should be doing um, without blowing themselves to pieces yeah well we'll get to the blowing to pieces towards the end the, the, uh, let's talk about different types of big gear training okay first is what I call um, bro training which is big ring only so you just put the thing in your big ring and you just leave it there no matter what comes at you uh, so that would be a case that short base ride, you know, it doesn't just get up the hill anyway, uh, and just keep it in your big ring. Uh, you know, so there's no, the terrain dictates the cadence and your intensity is going to be whatever it takes to get up the hill. So there's, it's a very spiky, uh, ride and there's a lot of high torque and a lot of force required to get up those rides. The other type would be what I call a bro, which is arrow bars, big ring only, Johnny, can you describe the climb up uh, from Littleton on the backside on that uh, short base ride? So it's probably about a, a probably about an eight to ten minute climb, and it's probably no, no, it's more than that. It's, it's about fifteen. Fifteen, and yeah. it's probably only about I don't know four percent. I would imagine something like yeah. that. Yeah. So so there you go. So you got a you got a moderate oh, sorry, grade. One. Yeah. I'm sorry. So, no, eight minutes. Yeah. <laughs> So you, you got so basically what you're looking for is you're looking for a moderate grade, and within that big ring only ride, when you get to that moderate grade, you're going to go down on your arrow bars, and it's very specific to time trial position. So your body's you know you're, you're locked into that TT position, you're pushing quite a bit of power at a low cadence, uh, and you're staying on the arrow bars. So I'll, I'll do that kind of uh riding as well and then johnny can you describe the terrain on old west coast road when you're coming into christchurch very gentle downhill probably like half a percent or something like that 
Um, just long, straight road. Often windy. 30K, 30K of straight road, basically. Yep. Okay. So in that, in that situation, you're going to have winds, crosswinds, some slight uh, rollers and things like that. And then what I used to do is just whack it into my biggest gear and do an anything but shift ride. Uh, in other words, it's going to be some really low cadence work. And again, the terrain will dictate it, but that, that would be, you know, so you're looking at about 40 to 50 minutes, depending on the wind at the end of a long ride where I'm just going to really just grind it out. Um, and that would be an example where I just let the terrain and the wind and everything dictate what I'm doing. I don't wrap a whole bunch of structure around it with those, with those different types of sessions. Now, for people that are looking for a more structured approach, uh, I like to keep it really simple. And I got this one off Molina. Um, and that was just, you know, uh, five by eight minutes. And what I would look to do is I, I wouldn't want my heart rate to leave my moderately hard zone, but uh, I want to be pushing close to uh, threshold watts. Uh, and so I'm pushing really good power on those efforts. It's not, it's, it's not my functional threshold. It might be more, it's threshold zone. So it might be about, for most of your listeners, it'd be about 85 to 90% of functional threshold uh, power uh, for eight minutes with a cadence of 60. And I just do two minute spinning recoveries. Now, when I use that set, I would do that set early in the workout. And then I would repeat the set at the end of the workout. Uh, and I found, and that's pretty similar, I think, to what Matt was talking about, where you want to have sections where you're a little bit uh, overgeared, and then sections where you're doing uh, more normal riding. I like to mix it up like that as well. The other thing I like to do, uh, which I found really useful for folks, is kind of ride out to. And we can do this in Colorado pretty easy. You ride out to a climb that might take you uh, anywhere from a half hour to an hour to get up, gentle grade. Uh, you, you big ring up that. So you get about a half hour to an hour of big ringing, shoot down, and then you do uh, a specific sort of Ironman effort type set where you're going to hold your cadence at about 92 RPMs. Um, and, and I found that that 92 RPM seems to really stimulate people, whether they're a grinder so they're normally TTing down in the uh, you know in the mid 80s, say, or they're a spinner where they'll tend to gravitate towards the high 90s. If you if you get people sitting at that 92, it's a great balance to the really low cadence work that you'll do um, with your big gear set. And so, what what about for timing for your for your big gear work? You know, in terms of firstly where it would fit in your season, um, and secondly. Yeah. How much should you do on a weekly basis? Yeah, great, great, great point. I, I, I think it, it, it really depends on the nature of the athlete. I mean, with, with some athletes that I felt they had a real force limiter and they were always TTing at a very high cadence, I've, I've said, look, we're just going to, we're going to take a month and we're going to just leave, just leave it in the big ring for the entire month. <laughs> and uh, that's true. Have you guys ever had Coach KP on the show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, I had him, I had him leave it in the big ring for a month, and said, "Look, don't worry about sets. Just leave it in for a month. We're gonna get." And we, and we really got something done. And then, of course, he then the next year, I think he he, he was self coached, and he just took a small chain ring off for a month, so he didn't even he didn't even have the option. Um, and you know, I picked this up from actually uh, Bjorn. 
uh, Anderson. And, you know, I just watched the guy and I said, you know, why are you always just blasting these huge gears? And he said, because I don't need to think if I just leave it in a big gear, I know I'm going to get a lot of work done. Uh, and then, you know, and then I started, uh, you know, tinkering with that. Now, obviously you can take anything to, you know, to extremes. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend people taking it quite that far. But I think, you know, most of us, you definitely, I'm, most weeks, I'm about a third to 50% of my total volume will be kind of big ring, lower cadence oriented. And then I'll have weeks where I'll do a lot of riding and just try and leave it in the big ring the whole time and do a lot of climbing. I've done, you know, I've done 10,000, I've done rides with 10,000 feet of climbing in them all in the big ring um, just to try and build that specific strength. Um, now in terms of effort, I'm glad you asked because you, you don't, you don't want to be, if it's early season, like early base, mid base, uh, you don't want to be blasting yourself with last year's functional threshold power because there is detraining. So to give you an example, a workout that I might do at 275 Watts at the, you know, when I'm in race season, so, you know, Northern hemisphere, that's going to be say July, August, that same kind of workout, I'm going to step it down to maybe 225 watts, uh, so you know, almost 20% lower when I'm doing it early base. So there will be a big range uh, in terms of you know, how hard I'm hitting it. Now, for interval duration, I mean, I'll, I will go up to an hour if it's, a, if it's a climb that I want a big ring. But if I'm doing work that's more than about eight minutes on the flat, what I like to do is vary the cadence, uh, going between either 60 and 90 or 75 and 90. So I get some variation in how fast I'm moving my legs as well. Uh, I picked that up off of Dave Scott, and I found the variable cadence riding to be really helpful for me. Uh, as well, I'll vary position uh, as well. So I'll do you know blocks where maybe I'm standing. Uh, an example of this would be something I got from Dave that's called triple threes, where you do three minutes uh, where you're seated, uh, actually three minutes standing at a 60 RPM, three minutes seated at a 75 RPM, and then three minutes seated at a 90 RPM. And you just roll that as you're going up the climb. I remember doing that uh, when, uh, on Old West Coast Road as well. You go to, okay. Yeah, I mean, it works. works. It works. It, it, it's when I started doing it, it was, I mean, my legs just felt like they were on fire because of the transitions. And then you adjust. And what it means when you adjust is you end up with this range of cadence. Ideally, you're going to be really comfortable from about, say, 75 to 105 and reasonably comfortable from 60 to 120 RPMs. And then you've got this huge range of tools that you can use based on conditions, how you're feeling, and you can vary it. And in an Ironman, Dave's view was the more tools you had in your toolbox, the better off you were. And he also found that things that we don't naturally do, so when we're training against preference, sometimes you can get a bump because by training against the preference, you're addressing something that might be limiting your overall progression. What about, what about regards to um, compromising technique? You know, because this is a lot, a lot more strength yeah. work. And, you know, for a lot of people out there, they don't really have that core strength or that, that general strength in their body to be able to maintain you know, good riding technique if they're going to do a 30-minute hill ride and, you know, and big chain ring. When, yeah. when does that compromise where it's actually starting to go to the negative side of what you're doing and where should you maybe pull away from it? Good question. Well, yeah, I think uh, that is, that's a great point. I mean, what, let me tell you what I'm thinking about. I mean, I'm thinking about making circles, not just sort of 
pushing down. Yep. The other thing I'm watching is what's happening to my knee alignment. I don't want my knees going all wonky. And, and you'll see it when you're, when you're watching people from behind. It'll often be in the recovery as well. When, instead of the knee going up, the knee's going to go out and then up. And you, and, and you want to watch that. You also want to keep your upper body relatively still. So you're not kind of, you know, just all over the place on it. And you want to try and stay smooth and relaxed. So what I focus on is smooth circles and relaxed power. That's what I'm shooting for. Odds are, if your technique's falling apart, you're going to be way over functional threshold power. And you're changing the nature of the session in that case. It's, it's not about putting out VO2 watts for, you know, five minutes at a time with a cadence of 15 and things like that. That's that's not what we're shooting for that's a little too far um and you'll see because if you if you if you do over if if you get the cadence wrong you're just going to totally blow to pieces and then it'll become obvious that you kind of overdid it now i'm a bigger guy i'm relatively strong i do gym work in the winter you can still achieve these low cadence workouts in your small chain ring i mean it doesn't have to be a big chain ring i mean we talk about you know leaving it in the big chain ring and you know bro kind of sounds cool um but it, it, you know really what we're talking about is getting the right watts with the right cadence and if you go into alan's article he actually goes and he, he produced a little table for people that you know if they want to sort of figure out based on their functional threshold power uh you know what's the right cadence for what they're shooting for to try and achieve but I, i've always found as long as my heart rate doesn't go, you know, for uh, I'm a, you know, I'm a guy 35 to 45, as long as my heart rate doesn't go over about 150 and it feels like I'm working, but I, you know, it's, my legs aren't totally burning. That's going to be about the right intensity for me. What about in terms of, um, you know, we, we've talked about, you know, maybe like yourself and, and, and other sort of moderately, you know, middle of the pack to front of the pack age groupers. What about for those relative newbies that might be listening? Is this something they should be doing or should they be focusing, you know, more on just developing their overall endurance? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think you'll find actually with most newbies, they do that they have they're limited more by the ability to move their legs quickly than the ability to grind. That quickness uh, is very limiting in uh, you know new triathletes. So I think a lot of folks when I've worked with I'm talking real newbies, people that are brand new to triathlon. When I've worked with them. Um, you know, their, their normal cadence might be down around 60 just because they're limited in terms of just the neuromuscular, whatever you call it, fitness or endurance, just to keep spinning their legs at 90 RPMs. So they might be getting, they might be getting a relatively low cadence work already. That said, I still think it's beneficial for everybody. If you start getting some, uh, you know, you can get kind of knee pain, you can get niggles in your Achilles and things like that. You, you definitely want to back off and give your body time to adjust. Um, but I think, you know, the bike's a pretty safe place to be doing, you know, some of this higher torque uh, work because the loads even, you know, if you look at the actual loads, they're, they're not crazy in terms of a per stroke basis, um, you know, in terms of what somebody's having to deal with. Also, I think if, if you find that, you know, five by eight minutes, moderately hard heart rate, uh, big gear is leaving your knees sore, then you probably have a strength limiter in your knees that you might want to consider addressing in the gym uh, or with some sort of functional. Because if it's hurting after that, I guarantee you, when you get off the bike in a race, you're going to be shot. Your peripheral system's just going to be done. You're not going to be able to put much of a load on your uh, central system, your aerobic system. So this would be a good way to kind of highlight that. Nice. 
So in terms of Matt um, Malloy's workout, you thought that was a, an okay way of sort of going about it when you said you did a five-hour ride, 25% small chain ring, 25% overgear, 25% steady, and then two 20-minute race efforts? Yeah, I think, you know, that's a ride... That's a ride that I would do kind of middle to late base. It's got a little, it's got, it's got some of everything in it. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think that's fine. Uh, you know, your small chain ring. I, I mean, really what we're missing from this is we're really missing what the effort is. So, you know, if you're doing 25% of your ride, small chain ring, if that means I'm working on, you know, doing some cadence, doing some quickness, holding steady watts in the small chain ring. Yeah. I mean, that, that sounds great. I don't, you know, for most working athletes, I don't think you just want to go out and spin easy for an hour and 15 minutes out of your long ride. The long ride's too valuable for that. So I, I think you need, you need a reason you, you want to, you know, you want to, you want to do some work, uh, in that 25%. I imagine he does. I mean, what he's saying is he's probably not, you know, smashing himself and then 25% over geared. Yeah, absolutely. I would probably break that. Uh, as I said, you know, a, a main set early, a main set late with a steady set in the middle. Now, here's the interesting thing. When he says two by 20 minutes race pace effort for, you know, almost everybody that's listening to the broadcast race pace effort. If, it, if it's an Ironman athlete is steady. So, you know, when, when we start to say race, what he might mean is two by 20 threshold yeah. uh, within the ride. Now, if you're doing threshold training in uh, as part of a long ride, I like to place it right at the end of the ride. And I only use the threshold work when we're in specific preparation, just in a sense to see where the athlete's at, is the heart rate responding? How are they going to run after that little bit of extra towards the end? Um, it can also mean half Ironman or 70.3 pace effort. And I use that, where I like to do that is I like to break it up and put it inside the main set. I'll give you an example. It'd be like a 45 main set where you go 12 minutes steady, three minutes moderately hard, and you repeat that three times. And maybe you do that main set twice within the ride. So you're getting, in the 45 minutes, you get nine minutes of moderately hard, but it's it's kind of like fartlek training. You're putting in these little bursts where you're lifting up to that half Ironman type effort. Uh, and then you see if the heart rate recovers. What that does is that really simulates what's going to happen and what you need to do to be able to time trial fast, which is lift effort for rollers, for hills. Uh, sometimes strategically, you might want to stay with a, you know, a, a group that you happen to be riding with. Um, I know in Talpo, you know, groups can form, uh, you know, down in New Zealand there and in Australia groups can form, uh, and legitimate groups. I'm not talking, you know, people sitting a meter apart. I'm saying, you know, legal groups and there, there can be a lot of benefit from staying with people. And that'll mean at times you don't always get to dictate your own race pace. So you want to train for that. Uh, so that you can see if you can tolerate it and also learn what you're not going to be able to tolerate. And so you're, you don't blow your whole marathon staying with somebody that's clearly just a, a faster cyclist than you. Oh, Matt, thanks for sending that in. And thanks to the other people who um, put some notes on there. And we'll be keeping the workout of the month with Endurance Corner rolling. And uh, we have some new topic for next month. Gordo, you got some the camps coming up. Are they? Uh, I know you've got your Tucson one. Is it in March, is it? Yeah, Tucson. Tucson, we've got one slot left. Uh, it's kicking off at the 
<laughs> yeah, fly over, bro. We'll take you. Yeah. Uh, actually, it'd be pretty fun to team you up with Slater. Do, do you guys do Slater, the guy that did Ultraman and Xterra and Iron Man Hawaii? Not, uh, not. Okay. And yeah, you two, you two are peas in a pod. Let me tell you. Right. Um, the, the the thing we're most excited about is our uh, you know our Colorado climbing camp, which used to be called the uh, Tour of Colorado until we got a cease and desist order uh, from the guy that, from the guy that owned the name. Uh, so we don't call it that anymore. Uh, but we'll do it. That. <laughs> so it's uh yeah, I got one of those for my book too, by the way, Johnny. The uh so we uh so we're doing seven days, uh first week of August, and we're gonna do seven or eight high mountain passes, Rocky Mountain National Park, uh ride our bikes over fourteen thousand feet, uh Mount Evans, uh the highest paved road uh in the US. Uh, and generally just have a lot of fun doing some big swim, bike, and run. Open to everybody. Uh, you don't need to be a rock star. Uh, we've got different levels each day depending on how people are feeling. So they can hit it hard one day, back off the next. A lot of choices. And so we've got, uh, what do we have? I think we've got seven slots left for that one right now. So if anybody's interested, just jump on the website or shoot me an email and we can take it from there. Endurancecorner.com. Cool. Thanks very much for your time, Gordo. And, um all the best with your upcoming races and, and the up- upcoming big event what, 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 what are any other uh, any other races coming up anytime soon yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go to uh gonna go to oceanside uh 70.3 i think that's april 2nd and uh see how that goes how do you find the transition from being a high level pro to now being an, an age grouper and obviously a competitive age grouper but how have you found not achieving personal bests and stuff and, and, and to yeah. satisfaction from races oh I gotta tell you well that's a, that's a great topic it's absolutely wonderful by the way because it takes it takes a lot of the pressure off me and it lets me be a good husband instead of being an endurance freak and totally worrying about it. The, uh, the thing that amazed me, though, Johnny, was how decent I am by cutting my total training load in half pretty much. Um, you know, I'm still able to go fast for 70.3 races. I had a really good race in Clearwater. I mean, I'm a half hour down on the Railer Brothers, but, you, you know, you got to be realistic. But for me, relative to where I was – as a half Ironman athlete, when I was a decent IMer, I'm still pretty. I'm I'm very close. It's just a couple percent, uh, which is which is a lot of fun. And and I also think it is um, you know getting to start with two thousand people in front of me to slingshot off of on the bike is you know it gives you people you're chasing all day long, which really suits me. I always loved that because I started out being a very slow swimmer. I'm doing Iron I'm doing Ironman in November. I'm going back to Arizona. I have a shot at. Coach Troy's benchmark from uh, last year. Very nice. I will keep keep an eye on that. Awesome. Thanks very much for your time, Gordon. If people want to find out more about the strength training, we'll have a link on our Facebook page, and that'll go through to endurancecorner.com. And also make sure you check out Endurance Corner. They've got lots of great articles on everything to do with our sport. They really do. have got great minds kind of providing amazing content. So just go check out their blog because they're putting out great content every week. Sweet. Sponsor. Coffeesofwai.com. Coffees of I've, I've, I've done my piece. I've done my piece. So com. If you, we talked about last week. Now Bevan has updated the page. Hey, I did all my work last week, didn't I? Thank you. Round of applause. Thank you. Um, if you go to coffees, if you go to our website, click on our logo. It now takes you off to Coffees of Hawaii slash promo slash IM Talk, and that tells you the discount codes you special listeners get. And at the moment, you currently get buy three bags of coffee and receive one free. 
or overseas, spend more than fifty dollars on your shipping is free. That's a good one. That is a good one. Mm. So let's repeat that again. If you spend more than fifty dollars, shipping is free. Enter the code I M Talk Free at checkout. So there you go. Or if the, one, the one other one you've got there is uh, enter code I M Talk at checkout and save twenty five percent. So that's just whenever you're doing anything. Discount two. Twenty five percent, John. That's, that's nice. It's nice. amazing. And then uh, join our recurring coffee delivery program and save twenty five percent. Use talk code IMTalkHH. Do you know what I'm looking forward to, John? Getting out on Albert's boat at Cove. Oh, you just read my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Partly because I'm looking at photos of it. Yeah. But we got on the boat last time we were there, mm-hmm. and it was quite memorable. Did love mm-hmm. it. Admittedly, this one was hard work for me, but that's mm-hmm. okay. I'm looking forward to getting out on the boat again. Yes. This year, John, you got to touch the bottom. I value my ears. Yeah. Only wear earplugs. I could do. Yeah. Could do. So uh, coffee's of white. Coffee's Plenty of discount codes there. Get on it. Okay, so so is that the first ad or the second ad? First. Okay, so let's have a pause. Wait. Okay. Website of the week. Of the week. Oh, sites. Of the week, James, the wise one, but I sent these through. You managed to just get this one through, James. Oh, he's, what he's done is he's given himself a ranking of what his chances of getting on a show now. So I got this one through. You're happy with this one? Uh, just got, this is basically a bit of light entertainment. There's a few links here we'll put up. Um, they're basically those sort of... Who are doing these? Oh, I think you can just, anybody can make them up. They're just basically abusive, uh, well, not abusive, but piss takes of, um, of us, basically, of Ironman athletes. And he's got one there: Ironman versus ultra runners and ultra ultra runner to his wife about training and social engagements. Road cyclist to triathlete on a subway discussing Sunday group rides. They're just those cartoony sort of ones that you obviously just type in the text, and it's just sort of does it for you, does it for you, and basically just making us all look a bit silly. But at the same time, it's certainly got some realistic um, angles to it. Yeah. The, the honesty of it is quite scary, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Okay, then we'll put those on www.imtalk.com. Uh, so we're going to have uh, the, there's a series of links there. They're all YouTube clips. And we've basically got another website of the week that I wanted to put on this week. Oh, okay, um, yep. Pim Vega. Oh, no, this is awesome, wasn't it? Awesome. So the website, uh, and we say his name, he's from, from Paddo City in Amsterdam. And the website is triclear.com which is a French website we'll just put the link up there but if you find your way through there they've got videos and then they've got a videos page and then they've got a big list of videos you can download granted they are big files and I have a feeling we may have had this as website of the week before but it's no, so I don't think good. we have okay. maybe maybe, yeah, maybe not have. but regardless it's basically got um, TV coverage of lots of good triathlons um, from old school days eh? I had a quick I downloaded the First ever world champs in Avignon, France. Really? Was it uh, cool? I just watched the end, but and basically saw Mark Allen finishing and uh, Aaron Baker finishing. And the guys, they were, they were solid men. I mean, they were ripped, but they were big, big, boys. big boys compared to what um, compared to what they are these days for short course. So, of late, you know, they've got they've got all the world championship series races, but they go back to eighty three, eighty four, eighty five. Um, they've got. Uh, Championnat du Monde, which is the world champs in, in Avignon. Um, they've got Hawaii clips in there as well, the f- full version, sometimes broken into um, a few different clips. They've got the indoor triathlons they used to have in Bordeaux. So what were they? Uh, they basically got a velodrome. You've got, in Christchurch now, I, I sent an email yesterday, there's a big push to try to get a velodrome in Christchurch out at QE2. Yep. And I said, whatever you do, put a flipping three-lane um, running track on the inside, have a little tunnel going from the pool, and we could have amazing... You know, exhibition triathlons. So what distance did they do? Uh, I can't remember, to be honest. About? Um, 
Make it up. I, I, I what would be a good distance in? Oh, a good distance would be um, probably just sprint distance. What yeah. they used to do in Australia, they used to have, they built a swimming pool inside the the velodrome in Australia, and then they did an eliminator. So oh, you, yeah. you basically you just kept so doing, inside the velodrome. They've got a pool. They built it. They just, they just just put up a temporary one. Oh really? And they did an eliminator format, so I th- it was shorter than a sprint. It was probably like a two hundred swim, ten k bike, two k run, something like yeah. that. I guess. What and you just did laps? No, yeah, you did laps of that, and then um, you'd race, and then like the last five people or four people, whatever, would get eliminated. Oh, see, and that's then you'd get eliminated great. again, and then so the last race of the day, you'd have the fatigue. You maybe do, I don't know, three, it's kind three of ultimate or four fighting, rounds. isn't it? All those those cage yeah. fights and stuff where they kind of do the. So you've got to have the endurance. You've got to race to strategy, and um, oh, but. Brilliant! Some of that stuff—it would be so awesome if Christchurch did that. Why awesome. didn't that stuff take off? It's a very good question. Don't know. <laughs> It's—I think it's got these days. It would have the appeal. You'd have, you know, if you did it like I think part, you could the, get the a Olympics, crowd, couldn't you? The Olympics has damaged our sport in some degrees because it's all got to be Olympic distance. Yeah, getting ready for the Olympics. It's, it's closed every other possibility. And, and that's what I think. Now that I think about it, that's what happened because there were other formats being formed in the in the nineties. There was this thing called um, oh, thinking, thinking, thinking. I can't remember, but there was a big split. A lot of the guys went did that, and then they got banned from doing um, oh, really? ICU stuff. Yeah, so it was good money. It was different formats, drafting, you know, all different yeah. stuff. Oh, I think there's an opportunity there. But you need a TV network behind you. Yeah, well, it's interesting actually. I was just—I went. They had um, um, a theatre production in Hickley Park over the weekend, the history of rugby, and because uh, rugby was actually invented before soccer, and soccer was an offshoot of rugby, which was I found kind of interesting. And uh, and and they looked at you know look at where soccer is now in comparison to rugby, and the fact that soccer went professional is kind of the reason that you know the money behind the sport. And if you kind of look at our sport now, it's it's really Ironman who had big money behind them, and now the Olympic stuff and. There's no really variations on it, is there? Mm. So, interesting. Check out the website. It's bloody brilliant. Okay, questions and answers. Okay, so we had uh, Melina on the show last night about, uh, last night, last week, about Brett Sutton's interview, and we had a bit of feedback on it, and Fegan was not so... Well, Fegan's being coached by the, the Team BB group as an age grouper, so he said, you know, it is all about context, you know. If we'd sat there and interviewed Sutton for, say, four hours, <clears throat> we'd, we would have been able to delve deeper and, 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 and probably get a bit more context to it. And that's why I think Scott wanted to come on and say, you know, yep. the things that he, that he did. So at the end of the day, I think the main thing I really wanted to get across was the one thing with Sutton, he, he was, was seemed to be quite black and white, and that there are different ways of skiing. Well, and just in Fegan's, um, what Fegan was saying was that actually, well, Fegan's using Team TBB as a coaching at the moment, and he said there's you know a lot of stuff that seems so concrete with Sutton is not being used of him, and mm. they are really treating him based on where he is as an athlete right now, yeah. and so, uh, you know that if you listen to Sutton interview, he's obviously got his views in certain areas, but it's not necessarily that way inclined. Exactly. So I think the main thing is, is, is there are plenty of good coaches out there. you just got to find one that understands the way that you tick and uh, and every athlete's different. There's only, you know, we've said this lots of times, if you've got to go and do a three-hour endurance run, you know, there's only a couple of, you know, there's only so many ways you can do it. And lots of people, you know, you do have to cut and paste certain sessions for certain athletes, but it's a matter of just figuring out their body type a matter of figuring out how much time availability they've got making it just making it I think one of the things as well is one of the downfalls of our shows is that we bring these great thinkers you know we get the best thinkers of in our sport on the show and um, and it, it can't help but influence or create doubt for you hmm. as a listener and you know like because you know we all have these ways we're doing things and it, it'll vary you know it's different people who are doing different oh, things this? it's a sweet band when I was teaching okay. yeah see that right. um, and so 
often when we listen to these people, if, we do, if they're saying that something's important that we're not doing, mm. you know, we want to find that edge. And so I think the thing is, is, is really if... Have your plan. Have your plan. Have a coach who knows you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like as much as, you know, Malene and, and, and Sutton know their stuff, a coach that actually knows you really well is better than they are. Mm-hmm. And, and the idea is that your coach should be learning from these guys so they can okay. bring the latest training methods into your training. And so uh, I think if anything, just still trust your plan and trust your coach. There you go. Anything else? Uh, I'm going to save that one until next week. I'll do this one now. My hypothetical route to Kona. That okay, so you're, you're going to be going to Kona this year? Yeah, my hypothetical route to go to Kona is not going to happen. I'm not going to make it. Oh, really? We're going to have to podcast as said because somebody sent sent through sort of saying that you know the points that I'd added up I'd get 2,100 points from getting say 6 at New Zealand 6 at Ironman Brazil and then doing like a 70.3 so I'd be doing 3 Ironman Ironman branded races and I'd get 2,160 points and at the moment before this sort of Northern Hemisphere season started I'm already like would be in 25th place there's only 50 people that qualify so that shows how hard it is going to be to qualify for this year I really think and that's probably fair enough. You're going to have to be podiuming him. Podiuming him. Podiuming him. You're going to have to be getting on the podium, on the podium. <laughs> at races to, to qualify for Kona. And that is, will mean that they'll, they'll get a, a good strong field there. But, and you're going to have to race quite a few races. The question I have is, it is going to get a strong field, which is great. But does it really make a difference? It just means the field is smaller. Because the strong field would have that's been true. there anyway. That's true. You know what I mean? Like, the 50 guys who get there this year because they, get, they earned it through the point system would have been there anyway. Mm, you know what I mean true. so it doesn't really make a difference it just means that at least pros are racing yeah and it'll be interesting to see if it makes a difference to the drafting situation because you won't have as many people coming out of the swim together yeah that's a good point um, so it may break the bike up I think let's give it a crack and we'll see how they feel yeah we'll be there we'll be there John because you guys are getting nasty and we love you for that uh, we did get a comment on the website yes you wanted to bring that up uh, Scott Walker was saying he enjoyed the podcast with Scott Molina and he said that he mentioned Ottawa and he was wondering if Scott's ever been to Ottawa so I would say, uh, and he was telling us a bit about a, uh, a winter triathlon they have over there, an 8K skate, a 5K cross-country ski, and a 5K run. So and he was wondering if Scott's ever been there, and I'd suggest if you want to ask Scott if he's been to Ottawa, go to scottmolina.com. Do you know what? What? Who do you reckon would win out of you and I in a skate, skiing, and run? I'd probably take in the ski. I'm pretty, um, I'm, I'm okay going straight down the slopes and the ski, skating. No, you dominate no. me because I, I can't skate to save myself. I've only skied twice in my life, mm. and yeah, I think I'd get my butt kicked. I'm not good at cross country. I'm not good at uh, cross country running though. So oh, see, I do. I'm, I'm all right there. Mm. So anywho, um, just a couple I'll quick do, things. I'll do that next next week and that one. Uh, comment on the website done that. Uh, John, what's happening to the cookbook? What I think I'm John. Do. It's funny. How, it's funny how things happen because. People forgot about the cookbook. Yeah, I was hoping that. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm... And then, like, in the last week, we've had, like, seven emails going, what's happening with the cookbook? Yeah, well, I think what I'm going to do is we're going to create some sort of... Uh, oui. <laughs> PDF sort of thing. I'll just flick it over you, Bevan. Do it! Um, so I'm going to index... Uh, we haven't, like, got enough recipes to make a... How many do we need? Oh, we've got... We need a couple of hundred probably to make it really kick ass. No, because what I could do, because on my other podcast, I sell PDFs of the show. Yeah. And so thinking. And so we could get it all together, create yeah. a PDF. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. How many have we got? Oh, 50-ish, something like that, I would imagine. Okay, so guys, let's put a date on it. I don't want too much work, but... 14th of February? Well, that's yesterday, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a thinker, Bevan. No, but let's go. Two months, you have to have your recipe in. What's the criteria? So the status and service aren't available. Uh, that's because I'm not on my Um Two months, we'll say end of April. First of 
30th of April. That's good for me. That gives me a bit of... Get your recipe in. Yeah. We want a photo. Not all yep. of them had photos, did they? No. We need to have the recipe template up on our website. I'll flick that through to you. You can put it up on the oh, website. God, I'm all so we have the, but then they don't email you. You've got to go to the website to get the little template to fill in and then flick it in. And then they email me. Great. And then, but, and then I promise that I'll have my job done by the end of 2011. How about we say... By the time we go to Kona, yeah, and we'll, and we'll be out. Yeah, and then you can get, it, get the cookbook and be the best cookbook of all time. And then we don't have to go through Amazon or anything. We can just sell it. That's right. Like, just like two bucks or something. Yep. Okay, then. Um, sponsors. Oh, we haven't done the sponsors, John. We have to do two sponsors back to back. Oh, should we insert one earlier on? <laughs> okay. So you will, you will have heard two sponsors now. <laughs> there you go, sneaky. So you're a thinker, aren't you? So <laughs> let's, do, let's do the third sponsor first. Uh, we've done one. Right, let's so we've got... Second ad. Uh, next ad. Uh, athletes.com. What did I have, what did I have about athletes.com today? That's a little jump, because you always do your P's. I like your... Uh, here we go. Oh, there we go. If you haven't got your results up there, get them up there. Okay, tell me about it. So, yeah, basically, a lot of people, you know, the, the results that are going to be coming out now, you know, say you go and do an Ironman or you go and do a race and you add that one, um, that's great and encourage you to do that and they, they really keep on top of all the results that are coming up now but go back and start looking at all your old past results and remember they do do bike results now, I remember them um, telling us about that yep. a while ago so as long as ever, anything's indexed on the web basically just go back and just take a bit of time, they're not going to do it um, in, f- in five seconds for you but if you go back, just find start scrolling through all your old results from yeah, you probably go back to almost the 30s. mid mid nineties. I would have oh, thought, <laughs> maybe. Um, well, late nineties when the internet really started to, to kick off. Late nineties, um, you go back. You should find those results. Get them onto Athlinks, and then you've got the good history of your life in endurance sports. Well, I think the thing to remember, John, is, is Athlinks is kind of like Wikipedia. Is that the reason it works is because people contribute to it, mm-hmm. and so um, you know. That they, because everyone's putting results on there, that makes a big difference to mm-hmm. you know the amount of results they have on there. And most of the time, you'll find the races that you've done on there just because other people put them on there. But if you haven't, it just takes two seconds. Go to the website, put a link in there, put on the links, and then that helps other people, and it also helps yourself in the future because everyone yeah. is sharing the information. John, sharing's good. So check, check, check out what athlinks.com. Make sure you're on their team. Make sure you're on there. It's a no-brainer. Sponsors are athlinks.com. Put your results on there. Coffees of Hawaii. Get our deals and. Extreme endurance. Read the blog. Okay, John, tell me about your life. Because last week I came in with a good story. I don't have any good stories. Oh, come on, John. Oh, it's quite funny running last night. I've got this. this, They don't listen to the show, so it doesn't matter. Um, (laughs) I've about five or five or so little uh, local elites that I coach. and um, Harold. Range from sort of 18 to 22, 21. When are you too old? Sorry? To be elite. Let's say. I'm getting 24, but I'm not quite cracking through. Give uh-huh. me up. Yep. Gone. Gone burger. Not but if you can't time. swim. It's only the swimming. If you can't swim, if you've, been, if you've given a good crack at swimming for a good, I don't know, three years or so, and if you're not even remotely close. Game over. Go to, good eye, man. You know, go to non-drafting races. Yep. Um, on an international level. You could probably still get away with it domestically, um, but not on an international okay, level. Okay, great. So you hit the young dudes? Yeah, so and I was waiting outside. Can you still stay with the young dudes? Sorry? Can you run with them? Yeah, 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 yeah. When they're going fast? Uh, no, they're, they're about sort of 15, 15, 30 sort of okay. 5Ks. Yeah. So one of them was like, the, the, I've got, there's a couple, it's, it's causing some... As in like a relationship couple? Yes, yes, but then uh. the boy's a bit staunch, 
What do you mean? Uh, what uh, is Mrs. Bedham? No. <laughs> and, and so the, I waited with the others last night at running. And I, I said, oh, Mike's just, uh, oh, no, Harry's just emailed me. Uh, <laughs> I love the way you changed it. Saying, <laughs> Mike saying, is on saying they are going to be a little bit late. We're having a fight? And, uh, and apparently they'd, they'd snuck away for our Valentine's Day and told other people they weren't going and then they got busted because they were late for training. It's disappointing. disappointing. John, but shouldn't you go, you know, shouldn't you go love comes first? No, training comes first. It's, 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 it's less than a month to nationals, Bevan. Selection One day, time. you love. I feel it in my fingers. No, not acceptable. You lead with the iron fists and everything you do, Bevan. <laughs> iron fists. Out of war. Yes. Out so of war. I've got nothing exciting happening in my life. My kids, my wife's uh, now sick and the kids will be soon to What's wrong with her? And she's got a cold, so I'm going to have to go home. And Is she a whinger? Kids. You know, because my mum, I tell you about my mum when she's sick. My mum's one of those, my mum's, I love my mum. She's great. She's the best mum ever. But... Which is, I've had about 20, you know, it's, it's a long story, it's been a hard life. But when when she's sick, sick, <laughs> she doesn't listen to the show. When she's sick, she just feels sorry for herself. Yeah. And she feels so far, so sorry for herself, herself, God, I'm all over the place, don't I? She feels so sorry for herself that you don't want to give her any attention. Mm. You know, you walk in and her face is drooping and, and you don't even want to go, is anything wrong? You deliberately mm. don't. Mm. It's blunder like that. Oh, she lets me know she's sad. <laughs> yeah. So. Very diplomatic of you, yeah. yeah. And she's going away this weekend, so as I said before, I've got kids three days or solo. I'm looking forward to it. Where's she going? Australia. Of what? Girls' trip with her mum and her sister. That's a bit unfortunate. Yeah. Hey, when do you get to do a boys' trip? <laughs> well, you're usually, usually twice a year <laughs> yeah, or so. True, you usually just bugger off for a week. Maybe we go to Kona for a week. Go to hey, mate, that's work. For a week. It is, that's that, how you feed your family. That's okay? what I keep telling you. you Jeepers know, creepers. Uh, right. Iron Russ. <laughs> <laughs> Cut you off. Right, what's been happening in your life? This Iron Hammer's coming out. <laughs> Iron Hammer. Two things. I uh, went to a boxing match. Yes. My mate went to a boxing match. My, my mate, Jeff the Ref, mm-hmm. he, uh, um, he did a boxing match on his charity boxing matches. We paid, we paid top dollars, so I think it was like 200 bucks for our seat. But we got the meal, the drinks and everything, mm-hmm. and it was highly entertaining. Mm-hmm. What do I want to do it? Skill level? You know what? It didn't really matter because it was not, like they, they matched the fights really evenly. Mm-hmm. So it was there was only one fight where one guy got really hammered, but the rest of them, they were, you know, they were pretty well matched. And this, you know, like I don't know the skill level of boxing anyway. And the thing is, you just want to see aggression, you know. Like it doesn't really matter if it's, you know, all the jab and the uppercuts looking fantastic. It's more, whoa, they're beating each other up. So it was, it was quite a good night, I have to admit. You and me, slippery boxing, <laughs> doing Kona. You go out and stand on top of the Ford thing they have. Okay, no, no, what we can do is we can do a celebrity boxing match on the boat. And and if you go into the water, you lose. Yeah. Three rounds. Oh no, we just get poles. We've got man citizen. Then there's no contact. We just got the poles. Okay, the poles. Yeah, the poles on the boat. I will tell you what, they'll draw a crowd. <laughs> Albert, you sponsor it. We'll get. We'll make it work. Uh, the poles on the boat. Um, and then the other thing I'm doing tomorrow night for the Army Sports Award. I'm doing a speech, John. They're going to tell them to harden up. Right. <laughs> yep. I think they're going to go, boys. You need to harden up. Good luck with that. Yeah, and then I'll run like a mm. mofo. Mm. Those sports awards, I imagine, they'll probably be pretty quick. Mm. Over the net. Um, just gonna work on my Valentine's Day, but that's next year's job. Pick up your game. Pick up my game. Make sure when you propose to her, just do what it. Propose with her. It's coming up. Just do it. Arrange it. Do the same as me. Arrange to have the wedding around Valentine's Day, and then you do the double up. You see? Yeah, but I'm not planning on proposing anytime soon. We'll see. Maybe I could just propose on Valentine's Day and never get married. Mm. How long? Should, how long once you propose should it be before you get married? Less than eighteen months. Really? Mm. 
So you can't do like 10 years. <laughs> Lack of commitment. I pity the fool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right then. I'm Russ. I'm Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.